the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 97 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the increasing pressures on our most treasured freedoms, like freedom of speech, of assembly, of the press, rights of conscience, and the right of parents to actually parent their children, Mark. That's right, George. Last week, we talked about attacks on the family from so-called parental secrecy policies in our public schools, which, as we discuss, falsely purport to give legal cover to school officials that want to keep parents in the dark about their child's gender transitioning. Well, the reason we at Protect Our Kids exist is in part to sound the alarm about the infringements against parental rights, rights bequeathed to us by God himself, the creator of the nuclear family, a structure seen in natural law, inscribed in our nation's constitutions, and central to a functioning society. But these rights are under increasing attack, and not just here in the United States. But before we talk specifics, we should ask ourselves, what is a right? How do we define it? People have no problem listing what their rights are, depending on their interests, but they're less forthcoming about how those rights are derived. For example, George, and I know you have a personal interest in this, according to the Universal Declaration of Rights, Article 25, and this is a quote, this is the, it comes from the United Nations. Everyone has the right to a standard of living adequate for the health and well-being of himself and his family, including food, clothing, housing, and medical care, and necessary social services. I did not know that until I read this recently, that that was actually spelled out in the Universal Declaration of Rights. Or did you, were you aware? I of that? was not aware. It's, it's unbelievable. Here's the question. Can this really be a right? Can something be a right if it requires someone else to forcibly provide it to you? Isn't that what we used to call slavery? Yep. Forced labor? No, rights are freedoms we possess by virtue of being created in God's image, Imago Dei. That is why they are unique to humankind. And the founders of America, they recognize this. In fact, in the preamble to the Declaration of Independence, 
they state, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, which means they can't be given away, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that to secure these rights, and this is the important statement, to secure these unalienable rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And that, that's the key. The government's not providing them. They're just securing the fact that you actually have them and we can't infringe upon them. Rights we already have given to us by the creator. Well, the Bill of Rights, which is a uh, an expansion of the core ideas that were written in the Declaration of Independence, are one of the cardinal features of the United States Constitution. But you know, George, we almost didn't have a Bill of Rights. And I think it's worthwhile for our audience to uh, go back in history a little bit to understand how we actually got our Bill of Rights. Because before 1789, um, the nation was governed, of course, by the Articles of Confederation, which were adopted by the Continental Congress in November of 1777 after the Declaration of Independence. It's the 13 colonies. The Constitutional Convention happened over the course of a couple of years, starting in 1787, concluding in 1789. But the Bill of Rights was not in any of the original drafts. In fact, the Virginia delegate, James Madison, was against the idea. James Madison is called the father of the Constitution. But George Mason, one of his fellow Virginia delegates, said he's not going to sign of the Constitution unless there was a Bill of Rights. Well, this goes back to the sort of a battle between the anti-federalists who were against uh, the idea of a federal constitution and the federalists. The anti-federalists, they had some great points. They argued that a Bill of Rights was needed as a check on federal power. The federalists argued that the Constitution was a government of enumerated powers, meaning it didn't have any powers except was what was expressly written down. Everything not given was reserved to the states and the people. Today we know this as federalism. That's a, the legal concept. The federal, the federalist ar- argued further that the Bill of Rights was perhaps even dangerous because any listing of rights could potentially be interpreted as exhaustive. In other words, Rights that were omitted from the list could be considered as not retained by the people and automatically belonging to this federal power. Very interesting. It is. And as it turned out, uh, James Madison was finally convinced and was tasked with writing new amendments and drawing on George Mason's Virginia Declaration of Rights. He introduced the Bill of Rights in Congress on June 8th 1789, and it was ratified on December 15, 1791, and interestingly enough, signed in the year of our Lord. In the year of our Lord. Not many people know about that. Well, why is all this important? Well, today we take our rights for granted to our peril. Most developed nations have adopted some form of a Bill of Rights, though many pay them lip service. In fact, as, as we, uh, we, we just read a portion from the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, and this was adopted by the UN 
1948, uh, after World War II and as a response to what happened during World War II. And, George, there's some good stuff in there, um, as you would expect. In fact, Article 18 says, everyone has a right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. That's good. Article 19, everyone has a right to freedom of opinion and expression. And this right includes freedom to hold opinions without interference. It's good stuff. Article 20, everyone has a right to freedom of peaceful assembly and association, which again is good stuff. But what about our own Bill of Rights? Well, most people know about the First and Second Amendments and maybe one or two others, but not many know about the 14th Amendment. And this is where equal protection under law comes from. And other rights that are, in the words of the Supreme Court, so deeply rooted in our nation's history and traditions as to be acknowledged as fundamental. For example, the Supreme Court has ruled that the right to control the upbringing of one's children is a fundamental right under our Constitution, a right increasingly being challenged by activists in the name of sex and gender theory. And parental rights are not the only ones being attacked. Around the Western world, challenges are are coming fast and furious, most often led, George, under the banner of sex and gender liberation. And we've got some stories here to illustrate the point. Absolutely crazy stories. Yeah, this first one comes out of Malta, which is an island off the Italian coast. And the the title of the article is Christian Facing Persecution for Giving Testimony Warns Authorities Target Any Dissenting Opinion. This this comes from the Daily Signal. here's Here's the facts. A Christian charity worker in Malta faces persecution for sharing his personal testimony about rejecting homosexual activity on the radio. Uh, this gentleman's name is Matthew Gretsch, 33 years old. He's a trustee of the Christian nonprofit Core Issues Trust. He's going to face trial um, in a couple of days here at the Court of Magistrates in Valletta, along with the presenters of a media outlet, PM News Malta. The prosecutors are claiming that Gretsch and the presenters violated Chapter 567, a Maltese law banning conversion practices. Say what? And what are conversion practices? These are, um, uh, it can be done by a psychologist or psychiatrist or even an interested citizen or a parent suggesting that a child or an, even an adult who has a family member or a friend that thinks they are an identity different from their bio, biology, that's not the case. You, you are actually your biological identity, and maybe we can help you become comfortable uh, with your, your biology. That has now been outlawed in, in Malta, as it has in other jurisdictions across the world. In fact, Gretsch told the Daily Signal that Maltese authorities are targeting into any dissenting opinion about LGBT issues, threatening free speech in the name of suppressing conversion therapy. He insisted that there is no proof that people are being forced to become straight anywhere on the island of Malta, which became the first European country to ban 
conversion therapy in 2016. The law defines conversion practices as any treatment, practice, or sustained effort that aims to change, repress, or eliminate a person's sexual orientation, gender identity, and or gender expression. Now, Gretsch did not advertise any form of conversion therapy on the date in question that he's being prosecuted for, according to a transcript. Rather, George, he simply told his personal story and advocated for a therapist's freedom to counsel clients as they would direct without government intervention. Say what? This is absolutely crazy. No freedom of speech in Malta. I mean, if you say anything against, you know, an LGBT identity, you face prosecution in that country, traditionally a Western country. And unfortunately, George, it doesn't stop in Malta. There is now a well-known case uh, that happened last year out of the United Kingdom. It's known in, across the world as Isabel's story. In late 2022, police approached Isabel von Spruce for simply standing near an abortion clinic, what's called the B-Pass Robert Clinic in Kings Norton, Birmingham. Isabel was not, she wasn't even protesting. She wasn't carrying a sign. She wasn't engaging with anyone. She was standing there by herself, completely silent until approached by officers who had received complaints that she may be praying silently in her mind. The censorship zone measure introduced by Birmingham authorities, however, criminalizes individuals perceived to be, quote, engaging in any act of approval or disapproval or attempted act in relation to abortion, including through verbal or written means, prayer or counseling. Well, Isabel's physical presence in the public space protection order area wasn't a crime in itself. It was the contents of her private thoughts that were prohibited. If Isabel had stood in the same place thinking about her grocery list, she would not have been arrested. And in case you think we're making this up, we actually have a couple of videos to illustrate the point. One of the arrest itself in the UK. And maybe we can play those now. Um, before I ask you any questions about what's going on today, I have to caution you, which is just your rights, which is you do not have to say anything. It may harm your defence if you do not mention one question. Something that you later on in court, anything you do say maybe because you know. Uh, what, what are you here for today? Uh, physically, I'm just standing here. Okay. Why, why here of all places? I know you, you don't live nearby. But this is an abortion centre. Okay, that's why you're still is, is you standing here part of the protest? No. I'm not are, you, are, you, are you praying? I, I might be praying in my head. Um, so I'll, I'll ask you once more, will you voluntarily come with us now to the police station for me to ask you some questions about today and other days where there are allegations that you've broken public space of protection? Uh, if I've got a choice, then no. Okay, well then you're under arrest. I can't suspicion of failing to comply with the public space of protection order, which is under the Antisocial Behaviour Crime and Policing Act 2014. Now, of course, you again, you do not have to say anything. You may harm your defence if you do not mention one question, something which you later on in court, anything you do say may be given evidence. 
So before we play the other video, um, I mean, we're, we're watching this. Um, Isabel is standing all by herself. There's nobody around her. There's, there's not a crowd. It's just her and two police officers, apparently, from what we can see. Obviously, there's a person that's recording what's going on here. And she's simply standing silently praying in front of an abortion clinic. That's now against the law in the UK. Now, this next video is from Alliance Defending Freedom, and uh, where uh, Isabel gets to further talk about what happened to her. I'm still trying to get my mind around the fact that I've been arrested for silent thoughts going on in the privacy of my own head. My faith is a central part of who I am. So sometimes I'd stand or walk near an abortion facility and pray about this issue. Police asked me what I was doing one afternoon near the abortion centre. I was clearly just standing there, motionless. I was completely silent. I let the police officers know that I might be praying inside my own head. That's all I was doing, thinking, lifting up my thoughts to God in silent prayer. This was enough for them to arrest me and take me to the station. Before doing this, they searched me on the pavement, even searching through my hair and confiscating the tissues from my pockets. When I was taken down to the police station, I was then grilled about what I was thinking. Later, they let me know that I've now been charged on four counts because of the thoughts I've been thinking and where I was thinking them. You don't have to be pro-life to see that this is wrong. Freedom of thought, conscience and belief are the most fundamental rights and are an essential part of our human identity. My name's Isabel. I'm a friend to some, a sister to others, a charity worker, a Christian. I'm not a criminal, but I've been censored. Isabel is currently out on bail with police-imposed restrictions, including a restriction on attending the clinic area, stating this is necessary to prevent further offenses. So I guess now thought, depending on what you're thinking, is now a crime in the United Kingdom, notwithstanding the UN's Declaration of Human Rights, so much for the rights of conscience, which is a stated human right. And George, the story doesn't end there. Um, Here in America, we've had many instances of our rights being curtailed um, this next one should be known to hopefully most of our listeners because it, it got a lot of publicity. Here's the headline from the Wall Street Journal, January 20th of this year. I'm going to read the words directly from the writer of the article, Tal Fortgang. Quote, American pluralism is a glorious thing. Dedication to shared ideals and the commitments to living peacefully among compatriots of all colors and creeds can bring out the best in us. It unites people of all religions, national origins, and other historical sources of division in defending our aspirations to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yet that pluralism is in peril today, compelling me, an American Orthodox Jew, to defend Ivan Provorov, a Russian Orthodox Christian and professional hockey player. Mr. Provorov, a defenseman for the Philadelphia Flyers, has come under fire for refusing to wear a Pride Night jersey bearing the rainbow flag or use a rainbow-taped hockey stick 
during warm-ups before the team's game on Tuesday. Mr. Provorov told reporters he declined to participate, quote, to stay true to myself and my religion. He added, I respect everyone. I respect everybody's choices. Pride Night, writes Mr. Fort Gong, is part of the National Hockey League's Hockey is for Everyone campaign. The NHL is engaged in race, gender, and sexuality-based outreach in seeming, seemingly unassailable terms. All are welcome. But as religious Americans are aware, this seldom is the meaning. A message of ostensible tolerance, be whoever you want to be and live your truth, is hardly the gentle embrace of love thy neighbor as thyself. Instead, it is quiet coercion. Bake the cake, wear the jersey, bend the knee. One hockey commentator tweeted that Mr. Provorov obviously does not respect everyone because if he did, he would have taken part in warm-up and worn the Pride Night jersey. Another commentator tweeted, the Flyers should have responded by not allowing him to play the game. Freedom of expression doesn't give you freedom from the consequences of your words or actions. Yet another urged Mr. Provorov to get on the plane and go back to where you feel more comfortable and maybe get involved in Russia's war on Ukraine. The pride flag stands for the celebration of liberation, but traditionally religious people tend to reject the idea that liberation from restraint is a worthwhile goal or that liberation from old ideas is worthy of praise. Though it is hard for many Americans to think along those lines, It is nonetheless a legitimate fault line, a good faith philosophical difference that divides us. It is how Mr. Provorov can say that he respects everyone, but not wear the flag. Mr. Provorov may not have thought it through on those terms, but he knows a basic truth. He is being compelled to support the tenets of a faith other than his own. And here in America... We believe that is wrong. Mr. Fortgang is a fellow at the Jewish Coalition for Religious Liberty. And George, there's other incidences. We don't have time really to go through those. Unfortunately, today we could go on for an hour about the um, imperilment of our basic freedoms, our Bill of Rights that uh, we have been bequeathed to us by the God from heaven, from hate speech and anti-conversion therapy laws to so-called parental secrecy policies in our public schools. If the price of liberty is eternal vigilance, we are failing as a society. We are failing, absolutely, Mark. And, and that's why POK exists. We want to be part of that eternal vigilance. Parents, please go to our website, protectourkidsnow.org. Download and share our brochures. Watch and share our many, many videos that are on there uh, to educate you and others on what's really happening. Uh, download our brochure on how to start a private school or homeschool. Uh, it's a guide that you can share with your pastors, elders, family members, friends. Uh, we also have a request um, a speaker button. If you click on that button, it'll give you a little form to fill out. Um, and just the other day, actually, we got a request and and we will be speaking at an event. Um, so Mark and I will always make ourselves available to come and speak. Um, we also have the donate button. You see, um, our mission is to inform parents about dangerous public school indoctrination and alternatives to public schools, and we rely on donors completely. 
Um, and so we're inviting you to join our Guardian Angels program by making a recurring monthly donation. This will enable us to help more parents to get their kids out of public schools and into the safe haven of private schooling or homeschooling. So parents, thank you very much for joining on our mission. Uh, and together, I know that we can transform America yet again for the good. Until next time on Say What? You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Rosca Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.